Hello, this is Cassia. I'm coming to you a little bit later. We kind of wanted to add this to the intro to episode 113, but I've moved to the Great White North, and we wanted to say that we are with Ukraine, and we are against Russia's imperialism and against imperialism in any form, and... Mm -hmm. I love flags, and I love the Ukrainian flag. It's, uh, I'm reading from my book. It says, the flag is said to resemble the Ukrainian landscape of golden wheat fields stretching to the horizon to meet the blue sky. I've always loved uh, yellow and blue, and uh, I hope that the people of Ukraine know that uh, good people around the world are there with them, and Corona has been hard. The last few years have been hard. There's been a lot of unprecedented circumstances and like a rise in hate crimes, the pandemic, and many other things. And we hope that the the podcast has been something that can help kind of make these hard times a little bit easier. But like, I hope that we in our in our stories and posts and episodes haven't uh, totally discounted what's going on in the world and we try to be good citizens of the world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, something we definitely wanted to do was to hop on here before the episode gets started and, you know, condemn uh, Russia's actions on Ukraine and we encourage everyone to, you know, find ways that they can uh, donate or help or um, you know, at least keep yourself informed on uh, what's going on and kind of the ramifications for that. But uh, we encourage everyone to go to the International Committee of the Red Cross. Um, if you're able to uh, donate to help, you know, this kind of funds uh, hospitals and things like that. And you can find that at the icrc.org uh, and, you know, kind of read about, you know, their actions that they're taking to help the people, um, you know, there on the ground in the Ukraine. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, now for the episode. Hello there. This is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash oldrepublicpodcast. We are the Old Republic podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. Hello, everyone. Today we have a really fun and kind of different episode. Today we are joined by Vasily, who has kind of been around like in the Star Wars community for a long time. Uh, Can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Vasily Volkov. Uh, I used to, well, I used to edit a lot on Wikipedia, uh, years ago, and sometimes I still do now, uh, on occasion, and, uh, I'm glad to be with you guys here today. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for joining us, and... The funny thing about Wikipedia is, like, I think I've been spelling it wrong all these years. Like, so it has two O's and it has two E's, you know, like, Wookie, you know, (laughs) 
but just one K, you know, uh, <laughs> back in the days, uh, when I was in high school, we had a star Wars club, you know, mm -hmm. my brother was in it. I was a senior, he was a freshman and mm -hmm. on the day that we were choosing t-shirts, he wasn't there. So I, I was like, I think he would like his nickname on the t-shirt to be Wookie Cookie, so yeah. So that's a good nickname. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I spelled it wrong then, because uh, I'm like, oh, it's like a cookie but with a W, but it is not. So, in case you're trying to Google Wikipedia, we've probably all been doing it wrong. But um, what yeah. kind of? How did you get into uh, editing on Wikipedia? Uh, well, I got in. Because my dad would bring home, uh, my dad would bring home uh, articles from about Star characters from Wikipedia. He would just bring them home, hmm. spin them off, and bring them home. And then when we, we finally got internet, I decided, hey, you know, I want to. This is something I might like doing. Uh, uh, putting, doing all the stories, uh, work for it, and everything. Yeah. Uh, so it depends. You know, like. If you're familiar with anything, any type of wiki code, it's easier and stuff, but it's not that hard to go on the site. You know, a lot, the administrators and uh, the other Wikipedians are, for the most part, very lovely people. You know, uh, I'm still friends with a lot of them even to this day. And, uh, you know, like if you are, if you have any questions, they'll be happy to answer your questions. And you just, you know, make sure you have all your sources are straight, you know, like you can't add uh, Bannon or original research to the articles. That's not recommended at all. And uh, you just have to be to the point, you know? Yeah. Kind of yeah. straight to the point. Um, that's Basically. interesting. Huh. Yeah, I think that's uh, why Wikipedia is such a valuable resource for people who are you know trying to you know get more back information or you know people like us are doing a podcast or if you're researching a book there's not you know it's it's just it's very like fact-driven like this happened and and this happened you know there's not a lot of fluff around it so it's very direct and i think that's that's why um you know it is kind of the the main source kind of for information uh regarding you know the star wars universe right yeah no the yeah. standard editing have you know they change and get a little bit more i should say i don't want to say for lack of a bit of trouble, say strict um as time goes by like 10 years ago the standards were not the same as they are now you know uh yeah. mm -hmm. for like editing and sourcing uh but you know it it can be fun it can be very fun to do you know uh a, a lot of i will say that a lot of, we did lose a lot of uh people and what i like to call the eu purge you know back in 2014 you know when the eu was decanonized um mm. so we did, we did a lot of Wikipedians lost their morale and just decided to you know quit and stuff like that but some people stuck around and you know there are like i said there are a lot of good people on the site so yeah what were some of the surprising uh, rules of Wikipedia? Because you mentioned like fanon and original content is, is kind of frowned upon. 
yes, the, the, that that is that all is founded upon. Uh, um, I don't want to really say that there's too much, um, too nothing too surprising about that. You know, like uh, you don't want like I mean, if someone adds some something from like say Super Shadow, do, are you guys familiar with Super Shadow? Huh. No. Okay. Well, the Super Shadow is basically. Uh, he was. Oh the, my goodness! I remember that guy. <laughs> yeah, oh. Mickey. Fiddle, yeah. Yeah. He would. He claimed to be personal friends of George Lucas and would add weird stuff to his uh, website and claim all sorts of like knowing the media quoting counts of the different characters, uh, speculation on Palpatine and Dooku's. Uh, first name, yada yada. I guess it was uh, the fake news of the Star Wars <laughs> day yeah. back in the day. Some official, I should say official-ish publications will actually end up printing his stuff. Like, uh, there's this publication company in Europe or something like that, that ended up printing some of uh, Super Shadow stuff. And uh, I actually took that to uh, 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 Matt Martin. Do you know who Matt Martin is? He's the. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I yeah, do. So we, okay. So, you know, I showed Matt Martin on Twitter. They're like, hey, <laughs> you, know, you see what these guys are doing? It's like, yeah, yeah, that stuff's still not canon, but uh, sometimes that stuff does end up creeping in, even in, you know, that type of thing, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that also happens in. Okay, Official stuff too, like for example, uh, Kukluk lightsaber design in uh, the micro series was based off. Uh, it was based off of a uh, fan design of a fan concept for his lightsaber, right? I was so, going to mention that, yeah, because I. It's funny, like how things mm-hmm. end up online, uh, and sometimes people forget to check the sources and. Uh, I guess Fanon kind of accidentally becomes canon or come, pops up in yeah, official release yeah. stuff. Well, do you remember um, the complete stories encyclopedia? Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. I might actually have that over here, yeah. Yeah, yeah m- most of the images in there come from, uh, come from Wikipedia. Most of them come from uh, the image gurus on there, you know, they, they would do cropping and, you know, switching up the images. We'd use them for uh, the articles of however we needed them, right? And Lucasfilm just took those and used them for the book. Huh. Has anything you've edited or contributed ended up in anything official? Actually, yes. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I uh, got the Darth Malik article to uh, featured status about nearly a decade ago and uh oh before i continue um there's a guy named kate kelvin he managed to save my article from losing the features that is recently so shout out to him um oh. he's also trying to get revenue up there which has been a long long time anyway uh so do you remember the gentle giant bust of darth malik mm-hmm. yes Okay, so if you look on the packaging, you'll see that they actually used part of my, uh, they, they used part of my description of his powers and abilities on the packaging. 
Oh, oh make, no way. Yeah, thus making it part of canon. Part of what well, canon at the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. And they they use some of the exact war, words too. So you, you, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So you, that was my little contribution to uh, canon at the time. You know, uh, other other Wikipedia or former Wikipedia staff. You know, they made some uh bigger contributions. Let's say, like for example, uh, uh, a guy named uh, Jay Sarek. You know, he was an administrator. He uh, he actually flushed out the Orbis and Sith alphabet oh. yeah, because back then they had this cool back back then you know they were a lot I should say that they let fans sometimes do some really cool stuff and like uh, you know give background to the characters or some other uh, topics within the universe. Mm-hmm. So one of that was one of his contributions. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, like, it's kind of our dream to accidentally kind of creep into, you know, canon. But <laughs> right. I think I think that will probably, you know, not ever happen at all, ever. But it, it could yeah. because, you know, you got all these shows coming out, you know. Uh, yeah. so anything, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Like, uh, I remember back when Dark Horse was... Uh, during the comics that we had the uh, Dark Horse forum, uh, some people would ask, oh, how can I get into the uh, artwork and stuff? How, how can I do artwork for Dark Horses? They would say, oh, well, you know, it's a lot simpler than, say, writing for Dark Horses. When you're writing, you have to be invited. That's the same goes with the book. You have to have a big, uh, kind of credible history, and then uh, you get invited in. But yeah. artwork, you just simply send your artwork in as simple as that uh it, was, it used to be as simple as that I'm, I'm not sure how they do it now now that you know marvel does the pub- mm. publishing comic so i don't know but i'd yeah. imagine i do think um just because of how the internet works some people think uh some images are part of the public domain or not copyrighted or they are official sometimes like uh Ship oh, designs yeah. end up in in comics by accident, but yeah. oh, I'm sure that um, I'm sure that that might be a problem. You know, uh, like some like sometimes I'm even fooled by you know, oh, is this is this an official image or something like that? You know, and I have yeah. to double check. And uh, so, you, you, yes, you do have, definitely have to be careful with that one. You know, um, and uh, that's why it's always best when you are editing. Wikipedia article to take something from the official sources or from the comic, from the guidebook, whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I have an English background and it's just been fascinating to kind of see uh, as the world kind of gets more uh, social media and uh, more the internet just kind of makes things easier to Google. Like, mm-hmm. just like it was always hammered home to me. Like you got to check your sources, see if they're factual, um, kind of like kind of weigh them to see like if they, if they hold up, but like in real life, like a lot of people are like, I've done my research and it's like you Googled Facebook, you know? (laughs) And I guess that kind of, it kind of even happens in, in the star Wars fandom, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think you'd be great at, uh, 
you know, like referencing or something like that. Everything has to be stored. Everything, you know. Uh, and of course, uh, let's see. Oh gosh, like it's not really that difficult as you might think it is. At first, it'd be like, oh, I'm very, I'm really overwhelmed by all this, right? But then, as you as you do it more, uh, it gets easier, and then it's not really it's a piece of cake, you know. Uh, the biggest thing you might have to deal with is, you know, uh, the more complicated, uh, I should say, wiki codes. Hmm. Uh, but that's about it, you know. But get, like even that you get used to. Or, like, yeah. or if you want to source an external websites, then yeah, that can be a little bit uh, complicated. So, uh, like now, I think the biggest challenge would be to um, site sources site sources that might no longer exist like for example uh some of the articles that used to be on the solid website especially when um especially uh if they were on hyperspace the hyperspace fan club yeah the, a lot of those are gone you know and so you have to either try to find them on the wayback machine or just do what you can you know do what you can and um do your best to find wherever it might be like some stuff Websites like Stavudu might have them or whatever, but again, you ha really have to do searching for if you're looking into e old EU articles or if you want to call it Legends articles, you know, so that can mm -hmm. be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, I guess what have been some of your favorite articles that you've contributed? Like, do they kind of correlate with a uh some of your favorite branches of the Star Wars tree? Well, I mean, like, the, I, I'd say my favorite branches are uh, culture, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, yeah, I did a lot, you know. Um, like, for example, I used to hate Malik. Or let's talk about Malik, for example. I used to hate Malik as a character. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I was doing this as the comics were coming out, right? And, uh, you know, so I grew, grew to love Malik as a kid. I did, and uh, you know, I also did. I also got uh, Bandon, a few other bad guys uh, article too, status, and uh, I, I just fell in love with. Uh, you know, I just fell in love with uh, the character more. You know, you can do, you can do that, like you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, that's interesting because I think I think Cassie and I actually kind of fall into that same category where we didn't really care for Malik, but then, you know, over the course of, you know, this past year or so, you know, kind of talking about him and his story, how he's become, you know, more interesting uh, yeah, and a, how, how he ended up in, in the game, so. Mm -hmm. but, well, the problem, Malik's problem is, I think a lot of uh, older public characters suffer from this, is that his character i mean like they didn't really do much in that back then with them like for example like um you know there wasn't a, a huge culture of medicine they weren't mm -hmm. a bunch of they were you know because their whole thing was the clone wars at the time you know so uh that the, the clone wars and they were also finishing up um uh, new jedi order uh medicine the whole the book series and so, yeah. yeah, that they 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 had other priorities at that time, and it's really a shame because that I think it would have been really great to delve into uh, 
like how at, at that at that particular time how Revan and Malak fell to the dark side, how you know this is the saw that first time, uh, their actions during the war, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, like I mean, uh, like with the comics gave gave us a good glimpse, I think, into that, and you know, I really love John Jackson Miller's running. You can't take that away, you know. Um, yeah. But again, it's the fact that you know at that particular time period we wanted more. And uh, it's just something that we never got. And I think it is a shame. Yeah. Um, like, like Brian mentioned, like, over the course of the podcast, like, I think if you listen to me, like, I'm like, oh, I don't like Malik. I don't really like Karth. But like, over the course of the podcast, I'm like, I think mm-hmm. I'm Karth's number one hype up person. Like, it's like, he's dealing with a lot, okay? <laughs> like, he's had a rough go of it, so just lay off of him. Uh, and I used to kind of just think, like, uh, definitely in the first KOTOR, I would say, like, Darth Malak is kind of just, like, make him Darth Vader, but not Darth Vader. Like, he has a jaw. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's mm-hmm. brilliant mm-hmm. on our on our part. That would you be know? Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been more cheesy. He's kind of, like, more of a mustache toy villain. Which is weird, but you know, it was yeah. what it was. You know? I mean, if they ever did adapt it, um, or even in a, a game remake, I think they can do a whole lot more with Malik to make him more human, kind of more mm-hmm. real, more yeah. mature. And, you know, and probably a lot more intimidating too. Uh, yeah, like, like more physically intimidating. Of course, they were. You had to that they were kind of limited with the graphics of the time and uh that game was spectacular it, you know really it was really groundbreaking breaking in a lot of ways especially with the amount of voice work that was done for all the characters uh yeah mm-hmm. and of course um you know this this is a story this is a story that you know they that uh a lot of fans didn't know anything about this era you know of course we had only thing we had going for the there at the time was um, the Tales of the Jedi comic, you know, and yeah. that's a really underrated era. Not too many people pay attention to that unless they're talking about X Star Crew, you know, understandably. But you know, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, we got we got this at the time, brutal, uh, never before untapped. Uh, goldmine of you know potential storytelling and they did what they needed to do you know with Drew Carpenter writing the story uh and everything and James Ol- well I think it was in James Olin I think it's James Olin uh was the main director of the game and uh you know it was a really I was 15 right because I didn't get the game when I was uh when it came out, I would have been 12, but I was about 14 or 15 when I first got the game. And it was mind blowing, you know, huh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, it was uh, such a such a departure, I guess, from kind of the Star Wars stories that we'd gotten in the games mm-hmm. to just have this big open, uh, you know, world to explore and Star Wars to experience, and then this completely different, you know, timeline. Because even 
even the video games up to that point had still kind of been, you know, set around that, you know, original trilogy era, you know, with X-Wings and TIE Fighters and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So to just be completely detached from, you know, what we knew as fans, um, but still being in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it was, it was uh, really fantastic. It also connected, you know, they did tie in the POTJ comic with the uh, with the um, uh, Knights Republic and, and of course you know uh, uh, it's more like I, I don't I, it's more of a guesstimation than speculation but of course you know Kander is mentioning mentioning the Yuzhen Vong you know his story with uh, the Revan he's talking about the Yuzhen Vong he doesn't actually name them because he can't you know huh but he wouldn't know the much, name yeah yeah it's a Yuzhen Vong coal skipper you know huh and it's so the, them doing that you know, is just really spectacular, and a lot of people complain. Nowadays, a lot of people will complain. They'll say that the uh, EU didn't really wasn't really cohesive, you know. And yeah, it had its problems, sure. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend it didn't. But um, for the most part, it was very cohesive. It did all tie together in one way or in a, or in another. And uh, even Matt Martin again, he'll he'll say that it was pretty cohesive you know a lot of it the way that the eu tended you know the way the eu got is a lot it has to do with the clone wars you know the the, the uh i'm talking about the cgi show the 2008 one uh you know i'm not going to get into it right now uh but you know like it, it really really didn't help much of that and you know i think uh that's what contributed to a lot of how people say today that it wasn't cohesive so yeah it kind of did a lot uh it changed a lot of the canon uh like with grievous and uh satine i would say and the mandalorians so it it, it was a real real huge headache for uh Wikipedia's at the time. That I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great show. I love it. But I'm like, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fans that are kind of upset about, like, the Grievous change, you know? So. It, 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 like, it, it, you don't see it as much now because all those kids who, who grew up on it are grown now. And so they kind of, uh, those voices over, kind of loom over the voices who didn't grow up on that who grew up on the older stuff like for example mm-hmm. i'm i'm predominant if you ask me which was the better show it, it's just, just and I'm, i know it's not the most unbiased opinion but my opinion is tartakovsky's show over uh the clone wars uh a baloney show but that's just my unbiased opinion you know yeah and like I said, I, by the time the clone wars came out i was 17 you know and i'm not saying oh, oh this is going to be I wasn't of the opinion, oh, this is going to be a kid's show. I'm not going to watch it. No, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like that. Yeah. It, it was an okay show, for, for sure, you know, especially the last few seasons. But, but again, like I said, I, as in Wikipedia, I couldn't overlook all the glaring continuity uh, mess-ups and stuff. And uh, it just, yeah, it just, that, that, that's just my personal opinion, though, you know? yeah. I mean, I remember seeing the Clone Wars movie in theaters, and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
it's not quite for me. Uh, it looks cool, mm-hmm. but it's not for me, and, that, and that's okay. But once it mm-hmm. kind of came to season three, and I heard of uh, the the Mortis arc, and I'm like, oh, this is coming from George, and it's really tapping into mythology and mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell. Uh, I'm like, oh, like I'm gonna have to watch this and. That's kind of what got me into the Clone Wars. Like it, I just kind of, uh-huh. kind of found the show. It, it was kind of finding its footing, and it has some really interesting takes, you know. But uh, it has been an adjustment, I think, for fans to kind of um, come to terms with the new Clone Wars and uh, uh-huh. the new, uh, the new official canon, you know. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, as a as a, if you were to strictly view the Clone Wars as being just a part of canon material, then I should say canon as it stands today. Then yeah, it's a it's a good show. It's a great show. I'm, I'm not taking that away from that. But as far as that, it but it has this weird distinction of also being a you know affecting the Legends timeline, affecting the EU timeline, and. That's not so good. Uh, now, some some good spin-off stories did come out of it too. You know, like there's this one I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's this one digest size comic. Uh, it, it you know it features what does it feature? Oh, no, it doesn't. But it actually connects. I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to send you the link later. But it connects. Uh, Events from the Knights of the Public comic to the to uh, to the comic, you know, because it also features, I believe, it features uh, Prey Vizsla in his Mandalorian, his Death Watch, and they're trying to get a hold of uh, the Crush Gauntlet, you know. Uh, anyway, um, the Gauntlet. If you remember uh, Hazen in the, in the comic, yeah, he would. Uh, yeah. He used the gauntlet and it made him invincible, made him invulnerable. It was a Could gold been... gauntlet, wasn't it? Uh, was it gold? I'm not sure if it was a gold. It might have been a gold color, yes. But uh, yeah. yes, it, and it was, you know, again, it, it, you were impervious to any attack, you know, impervious to any attack or anything, you know. And, uh, you know, it was. It also connected, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Lucian Gray. You know, Lucian Gray had the whole, at the end of the vindication of the line, Lucian Gray went, retreated to a uh, moon that he owned. And, of course, the moon eventually became to be known as Gray 2. We see Gray 2 in the comics. And this is where the Jedi, te- the Jedi Temple that's there is hidden, you know? Huh. And, and it's kind of like a storehouse uh, to keep Sith artifacts um from getting out into the getting into the wrong hands kind of like what the jedi covenant mission was to begin with you know all the covenanters would come and they would uh or they would actually they would go and they would look for sith artifacts and then they would you know keep them in storehouses uh that like celeste Morn, she was she did that you know type of job and other things so. yeah and this and this and the purpose of this one was to make sure the gauntlet didn't get into the wrong hair. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interconnectivity that that was kind of 
uh, fun and sometimes it would seem a little bit like it's like that's a little bit much but uh, a lot of it <laughs> seemed or- organic too you know mm-hmm. yeah um, so you you kind of touched on this but um how did you kind of get into the Knights of the Old Republic? Uh, okay, that's a funny story because because episode three was coming out in two thousand five, right? So it was a, uh, uh, it was you know of course Star Wars mania back then. You know how big episode three was. Oh, it was uh, huge. Huge deal, right? And of course, Knights of Public two came out, right? So I saw it in the case. I was like, yeah, I'm really gonna get this game. I've never heard of this game. You know, huh? Uh, of course, you see, that's the thing. I didn't have the internet in general was just not as big as it is now. You know, huh? There was mm-hmm. no social media as it stands today. It was just forums and stuff. And I wasn't even online till I was, uh, we didn't have internet in the house, I should say, till I was 17. You know, huh? And so I was like, okay, nice of two. Yeah, I should get that game. And I got the game and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't move past the very first level, you know, where you awaken and uh, couldn't figure out how to unlock the doors. Uh, unlock, so I uh, just like, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop playing for now. I'll come back to it later. Then I think, uh, I'll just get the first game. I got the first game. And like I said, blew my mind. You know, my brother and I would play that game for hours hours on them. And yeah. I was telling people, uh, I was telling them, oh my God, you know that they had yellow lightsabers? And it was like, oh yeah, yeah, what, what, no, no way. It's just blue and red and green. I'm like, no, you have yellow too, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you play on uh, the Xbox originally or on uh, PC? I played on the Xbox. Originally. Um, now, I played it and, like, and I did not could not and did not get the uh, Yavin Station stuff at the time. So, because at that point it was downloadable for Xbox, but like I said, didn't have internet. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I got, got mad when I found out that there was other stuff, other download stuff, and that stuff was on the PC. And I was like, mm. but oh, that was a great game. I still, uh, I mean, still have the game. I'm actually excited because it's coming up with Switch. And yes, I am excited about the new uh, remake. Although what the remake will entail, I obviously I think it's really anybody's guess in my opinion. But if uh, and I'll talk about that when we get to that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like I think how I found out about the Knights of the Old Republic game is I was on the bus. Uh, I was in middle school and like I would talk to my one friend about about video games and he's like there's a new Star Wars video game and it's so cool it's like it's so different you know like there's so many different types of armor in the world it's open world I was like wow this sounds amazing not like any other kind of Star Wars game and he's like it has a really good story with a really good twist and he's like I'm like, oh, just tell me it. I'm probably never going to play it, you know, um, which is hilarious, like, looking back on it. And he, oh, he boy. Told me, he told me the <laughs> twist. Um, uh-huh. But even when I played it, I think it still surprised me, even though I knew, because I'm like, eh, it's not going to go like that. That would be too much. But 
It right. was mm-hmm. like it, it's just such oh. a Kotor is just such an interesting branch of the Star's Star Wars tree because it's mm-hmm. four thousand years before everything. It doesn't have to refer to uh Vader and Luke every five seconds, you know, and right. it has it its own unique soundtrack, different looks for everything. Like, it looks different but similar to to the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll forget my uh, reaction when I brought up the Iowa 7. At first, yeah. I was just like, because again, you, you had people talking, you know, Mac about him, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Revan was a really bad guy, and, you know, look what he did. And of course, you only you had to go by the first game, right? And so, you're like, oh, well, this guy is a complete psycho, right? And then you find <laughs> out you're him. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, I think that's a lie. That was my, like, that's a lie. You gotta be kidding me. You know, and I'm like, no way. It's just a, but then, you know, I came to accept the fact, yeah, yeah, this is where the story is going. And that was a really, really good twist, you know. It's probably the best twist since uh Vader's revelation, you know, no, I am your father, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Just, yeah it, but I, I, like, I, there was another person, I, she was a librarian, you know, uh, one of those librarians, and she pretty much had the same reaction I did, you know? Uh, but you know, I, I don't think that's been done. I don't think there's been any YouTube interviews or like, where you know how you have compilations of people's reactions and stuff or whatever mm-hmm. there's not, not i don't think there's been any big compilations of interviews where people ask hey what was your first time uh, i mean i should say hey what was your reaction initial reaction when you found that you that you were ripped you know right yeah i don't think that's done. I, I would be interested in i would be interested in participating in projects with did do that or at least watching something like that you know yeah i think yeah. That, would be- that would be interesting to see and i wonder how they'll handle it in the the remake you know if they'll really try to you know just just kind of go along with and you know pretend well, that everyone doesn't know at this point or you know just kind of well, yeah, lean into the, it more or? yeah with the remake you know they're gonna have to just i don't know the remake i think is more for the older fans you know, it's Yes, the new fans can play, obviously, obviously, but um, that, that that goes without saying. But the older fans uh, are probably like, "Oh, this is this is going to be a nostalgia trip. Uh, we're going to have updated graphics. We're going to have. I think we might get a couple new, a couple new locations to see. Like, you know, I think we might we might get a piece of Yavin Station, but I would mm-hmm. like to see Slaherin. Uh Do you remember Slaherin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one that got cut, right? Yeah, it got cut, uh, and then it, uh, it got part, placed as, as part of Yusuf Bond's origin story. Uh, but yeah, Slohaven will be very interesting, I think. And of course, it, you can also see Slohaven too in the in the Rakuten Temple uh, trial on Dantooine. You go there, and they ask you uh, to the death. They ask you to put in the death giving. Uh, planet, and uh, one of them is volcanic, right? And that was supposed to be Slaherin. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. I mean, prob- we probably should do an episode, like, 
not much got cut out of Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, but uh, definitely not as much as the, uh, the second game for sure. Oh uh, yeah, it it makes covering the the second game kind of hard. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the only other thing that was cut was like some of Johanni's dialogue and a couple other things here and there. Yeah. Uh, like Johanni was able was supposed to be able to uh, tell you information on things like everybody else, well, except for Big Z. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, kind of playing KOTOR, like who were some of your favorite characters? Uh, what were some of your favorite planets? Like what did you love about, about KOTOR? Oh, how much time have you got? Uh, a lot. <laughs> good. Okay. Oh, well, all right. Well, I'll, I actually do have, uh, it's not kind of a system, like for the RPG uh, parts of the game, you know, uh, you know, with all the stats and everything. The stats might bore some people, but, you know, I'm very interested in those particular stats, and I've got it worked out to a little thing. Uh, I played the game about, uh, okay, hundreds. Not hundreds of times. A lot. I play the game a lot, let's say. You know, I've had 13 or so years. Is it 13? No, more than 13 years to do it. So, yeah. Um, favorite characters? Uh, I think my fa- favorite companions. Well, I like Bastila. I know some people don't like Bastila. That's fine. You know, I, but I do like Bastila uh, for the most part. Um, as far as like a mechanical thing, uh, the, most of the Zeta characters really aren't that, I should say, sturdy. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not really that sturdy. And, you know, their skill sets, as far as like, again, RPG element of the game, the skill sets aren't that great. Like, they're only really good for like powers and swinging a lightsaber a lot of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the way, that's just the way that, it was designed, I get that, but still, it would, would have been nice um, to have a little bit more from them, I think. Uh, now, let's see. I did like using missions a lot. You know, missions, I think, is very underrated because, again, you know, she's a scoundrel, and scoundrels don't have the best constitution in the game. Uh, but I, she she could hold a role uh, the way that I played it. The way that I went about handing out the attributes and everything, she could hold her own. Uh, again, not nearly as well as somebody like Big Z who is supposed to be a literal page, you know, but uh, all the things, you know. Candorous, I, I mean, you can't really, but I, I think the best companions I would say would fall be Jolie, Candorous, and HK47. Yeah. That's, uh, that's most, most of my picks, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good group of uh, characters there. It kind of covers all your bases as you're going through the game. That's right. And, you, of course, the one thing that I appreciate about the first game uh, a little bit more than the second game is the banter. You know, the banter between the characters as you would mm-hmm. go on and as you would go on throughout the mission. You know, that's basically uh, what it came down to. You know, I like you have the Jolie chiding uh, Bastila. Well, not really. Bastila chiding Jolie. Uh, Carson Candorous arguing. Carson Mission arguing. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little, um, uh, what I want to say. 
Karth is the beautiful. I'm kidding. Karth is not the beautiful song, but you know, Karth. I don't know. But it wasn't as bad as like the second because in the second game, not too many people. They didn't really get along at all. Most of those people. Yeah. Um, yeah. They kind of, the first game is like, yeah, okay, well, they did. They got didn't get along at first, and they're like, yeah, we got to work together. We're gonna be fine, you know. Um, so I kind of like that. Yeah, the really first good. game. I feel like the companions, you could imagine them sitting together at the life day table and like sometimes they'd be like, oh, why did you have to play this music, you know, and kind of like, maybe like, that'll be a little bit snipey to each other, but like at the end of the day, it's like, they get along and I think they'd have fun together. But yeah, in Knights of the Old Republic 2, I think like if there were ever an an adaptation or anything, you'd kind of have to work to... uh, kind of get them to hang out more like because i exactly. think some of them don't even realize like kray is part of their group uh because they're right. like what's going on you know so yeah i know right it's, now the interesting part about um the second game would say right you know um were, were you two well are these two big fans of mccall you know the disciple uh, I like him. I think I'm the one person in the world who, like, unironically likes him. So okay, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I, I, I don't think he's a bad guy at all. But but it is something. There is something to be said about the character when Leland she has to be like, yeah, Brianna joined the uh, female exile in her in 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 her quest to defeat the triumvirate too, you know, like, so yeah, so, so from a canon, I should say from a continuity standpoint, while she's not available in the game, in the actual gameplay, she was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was there. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Michael was there too. I, I think they're just saying yeah. like, uh, Brianna came he, too. Yeah. He's a great guy. I mean, I think he's a good guy per- personality wise, but he is kind of bored, you know, now that's yeah. not to say that yeah. Brianna, because Brianna's whole well, Brianna's whole thing is uh, very. Of course, of course, because she is partly Chinese, she's very uh, oriented and battle oriented. I should say battle oriented, and of course, the poetry reciting Chinese poetry that's the best because like that is such a that is such a dorky, dorky move right there. You know? Yeah, like. <laughs> With the handmaiden, it's like you have to train, and how you learn that yeah. is fighting in your underwear. And I'm like, this did not age <laughs> well at all. Like yeah. maybe it shouldn't have even like been a proposed idea, you know? <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to take off your armor, but you don't even get like a robe or anything to wear. Yeah. So, so I'm like, yeah. this is weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I guess um, KOTOR 1, what is your favorite world from KOTOR 1? You can only choose one. I can only choose one. Uh, probably um, uh, Ricotta Prime. Oh, the yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lehan, Unknown World, Ricotta Prime, take your pick. It's like, like Space Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, I, I just love the setting, you know? Now, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, like I-, I could imagine myself retiring there, uh, uh, 
but if you would, no, you did say I could just choose one, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll just leave it at uh, we'll just leave it leave it at the unknown world then. Okay. And then Kotor two. What's your what's your favorite world? Kotor two. Oh. Um, ah man, it's totally cool. It. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna have to say, let me see, because if you go to Tequilo, then you go to, uh, you know, Shada, Andron, Dixie, probably, nah, I don't know. do I like those? I don't like, do I like North Shada that much? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is that where the Jack Jack Tar is? Yeah, that's where the Jack yeah. Jack Tar is. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. No, Shadow's all right, you know. <laughs> um, let's see. Andalon, Dukhtun, Korban. Uh, is there any other word? And they go to, of course, Malachor. Not, I mean, Malachor's all right. Uh, all of a sudden, I probably would have to say, Game to me. Dantooine. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, Dantooine, I think, is my favorite world in uh, mm-hmm. KOTOR 1. But, like, yeah. the more I think about it, I'm like, the Jedi are really messed up on Dantooine and do some really questionable <laughs> things. Like, because I think literally every Jedi who was trained on Dantooine fell to the dark side. So. Yeah. Yeah. Kuhn, well, with the exception of Mitra, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's like, they're doing something wrong there, but I'm like, it's a beautiful world, and I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, what is your favorite world, Astro? Oh, um, let's see. So, for Knights of the Old Republic, the first game, I don't know, it changes all the time. Um, I'm going to go with Manon uh, this week. It's my favorite, because it's it's a uh, it's an ocean planet. It's sunny there. Um, you know they got the 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 Selkaths seem more or less uh, friendly. Uh, you know get along. You know, yeah. So uh, you can get you can get healed up there, uh, which is good. Um, Knights of the Old Republic too. That one is trickier because um, the locations aren't as I don't know. Some they kind of feel similar. Some of them. Um, I kind of like. Duxon, like I like running around like through the like through the woods and then the Mandalorian encampments pretty cool, I think. So um yeah. I'll say Duxon, I guess, for Knights of the Old Republic yeah. too. I guess is Duxon part of Onderon or is that kind of different? I, I always kinda lumped them together. Uh I'd say uh, yeah, because Duxon's part Duxon is Onderon's moon. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you're going to and then uh Colonel Tobin blocks you and then yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Onderon's Onderon's pretty cool though, because it has like the big like tower and stuff. It has kind of like a like an Italian like Venetian kind of feel to it. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll stick with that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. It does have Sweden Ed too. Sweden Ed too was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the million dollar question is: uh, mm. What are you looking forward to in in the remake? What are your uh, thoughts, hopes, and dreams? Oh, uh, well, a remake or a remaster or anything like that. I've been 
I had been really wanting that for years, you know. Uh, just like so I am definitely going to get like updated graphics for sure, updated graphics, uh, especially with the robes, you know, huh? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the robes in the second game were more in line with the robes that we normally associate Jedi with than the robes in the first game, you know, huh? Uh, I personally love the combat system. I have no problems with the combat, combat system in the original game, but given it's true to, you know, 2021, going to be 2023 when it releases, they're going to update the combat system. I'm not sure with how or with what. Some of my buddies suggest maybe have it more like Ghost of Tsushima, which I haven't played. Yeah, or, Final, uh, Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy, the 7, the remake, game. I'm guessing. Something like that. God of War kind of combat system might be nice too. I'm yeah. not sure, but like I said, as long as you have the three companions, the other two companions with you, and you can see, and the combat is seamless, I really don't care. Uh, so don't really care. Um, I would like to see stuff from the second game, imp- you know, like I should say. Uh, I don't want to say this, uh, mechanical elements from the second game implemented in the first game. I would also like to see the lightsaber form in the, mm. in, in, you know, like you could purchase, I don't mean like purchase them as in, you know, like, uh, like an EA, you know, how EA lets you purchase things. I'm not talking about Right. That, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> as far as you can select them as seats within the game. Yeah, like uh, a like a skill tree kind of thing. That would be nice, and level, and maybe no level cap, or either no level cap, or you can the level cap gets to like fifty or something like that. That would be pretty good too. Uh, like in the second game, because in the first game you only had level cap twenty, you know, which is achievable. In the second yeah. game, you have a level cap fifty. Yeah. Uh, so, I think. If, I think um, uh, a higher level cap would be nice as well. Um, you can get more seats and more, um, uh, you know, like more purchasable seats, like you said, and of course do more stuff with the seats that are already, like, for example, conditioning, toughness, uh, critical strike, et cetera, et cetera, you know, huh? dueling. And now, uh, what, let's see, what else is it? Um, now the voice work's gonna be a little bit tricky, right? Because most of the voice actors are still with us, but some of them are not. Like for example, John Feigen who voiced Sanderus or Robin Sachs who voiced Saul Karras, you know, they're no longer with us. So they can't, yeah. you know, obviously do any more voice work for those characters. So if they do decide to do any more voice work for those characters, I hope they find people that uh I hope they find people that can really uh, I should say that that can capture the essence of those characters very well in the same in a similar or even maybe even better manner than Feigen or uh, Sax could. And you know, I, I hope they do it just is what I basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think like they've hired some really good talent and they're professionals. Like. I don't think they're going to do anything to tarnish the, the crown jewel of KOTOR. No. Like, they're not going to no. just, like, uh, mm-hmm. 
disregard it. Like, uh, I, I, I get the feeling like Disney Leaks film really appreciates KOTOR and uh, only wants the best for it. And uh, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, updated graphics, you know, like yeah. updated robes, you know, like because the robes in, in KOTOR are kind of atrocious. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. That the PC, you know, the place, I mean, the PC gets uh, a voice of the old dude. Cause now, you had Rina Romano, he did do the voice. He technically did voice Revan uh, in the first game, although whenever he still his characters, that's when it usually happens. Like, in combat, you could hear him yelling, or you could hear... Opening a door or something. Opening a door, picking a lock. Uh, all the other planting a mine stuff like that you know or of course that's a very dorky thing he said he's the only thing you can hear him say is that hurt I bet or something like that yeah like, that I bet. Yeah. yeah but regardless I mean he did and so did who I don't remember if they, they ever revealed who voiced female Reverend uh I would assume it was probably Jennifer Hale, just because she voices basically everyone, anyways. So yeah, they're like, "Who? Hey, we got a voice character coming. Yeah, let's pick. Let's go call Jennifer Hale." Yeah, I mean, because yeah, Revan's voice actor did double duty with with Trask as well. So Mm -hmm. it really wouldn't surprise me if they're like Jennifer Hale. Like I think she has a um, a Guinness. Book of World Records for like most uh, video game uh, like voice acting roles ever. So, well, mm-hmm. let's, let's, I say let's get somebody else. Let's get uh, let's get someone else who is talented to uh, voice female Revan this time around. Uh, and male Revan, I think, should be Jeff Bennett. You know, you know, this, he's the guy who voiced uh, Revan in. The older public in the vanilla game, I should say. I'm not sure if he voiced him for the uh, for the recent expansion where which he was in. Uh, yeah. Although in the Shadow of Revan expansion, he was voiced by Spencer Garrett. Uh, but no, Jeff Bennett's the guy who I think most people when they think of Revan, they associate Jeff with uh, Revan, and I think he's to be the one to. Uh, Voice, do the voice work for him if they're going to do that at all. Which again, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. The game. So. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'm totally fine if they disregard like the entirety. Well, not the entirety, but like uh, the the Revan stuff and like kind of their connections to Knights of the Old Republic and the Old Republic seem mm-hmm. a little bit tacked on. I would have rather had, like, a KOTOR 3 and, like, had things resolved in their timeline rather than it feeling like a time machine was involved, like, to... Can we talk about that very quickly? Yeah. A lot of people uh, do think that, oh, well, hey, you know, you can... You want KOTOR 3, just play the game. You play, you hit, play the older public, and you have KOTOR 3, 4, 5, 6, and other stuff like that because of the different... Uh, storylines in there and that's fine you know but again the developers of uh the older public at when they first announced the game said that it was intended to be more of a spiritual successor to what did i say i meant spiritual successor to uh the game not 
an actual successor, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, like I said, I love Rip. I love uh, what Knights of Public 2 did with his character because, you know, like Chris, with Chris Avalon, he kind of, you know, didn't, he didn't, because at first I don't think he really wanted much to do with Star Wars and all like that, but then he became like the ultimate Reverend fanboy, you know, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was did a lot with it. But then you have the old public, and it really, really. I'm not going to say it did a lot, did away with a lot of what made Revan interesting, or about his, or did away with a lot of the motivations for his turning to the dark side. Right? I don't think a lot of that went just was retconned or anything like that. Like, uh, but it's like. It could have been so much more because, you know, you had, the, you had, you know, the lead up to the truth, the potential lead up to the truth. Yeah. And, you know, there was supposed to be, I've heard rumors of them, um, trying to involve, uh, its deities or dark side deities in the game and a whole bunch of cool stuff would have gone down in Knights of Public 3. But we didn't get that because they just pinned it all on this one guy on, on Vicious, you know, and of course, you know, how many times has Vicious returned? You know, like he's re- re- returned like a million times in the old public, you know, that, that, that does get old, you know, huh? Mm-hmm. And so just, uh, like well, I think we could, definitely could have done more. And again, not everybody has a P- PC or even if they do have a PC, they can't always play the game. So like I had, I've never, played the game. I've never played the older public, you know, because I only have a little left, you know, huh? Mm-hmm. And I got that recently, too. So, just like, you know, I mean, I'm aware of the basic storyline for sure, or anything like that, so I'm not, definitely not totally out of depth when talking about the older public by any means, but like I said, I think I think a lot of it had, might have had to do with loot you know, um, Lucas art and how, because near the end there, they really, uh, they didn't do too well with, uh, releasing, I, I should say, concluding with concluding, um, uh, uh, I should say trilogies or proposed trilogies. Like, you know, there was supposed to be Night of Public 3. I mean, then there was supposed to be, uh, Force Unleashed 3. Yeah. And a few mm-hmm. other things. The Dog Mall game, uh, Battlefront Three, I think, yeah. Battlefront Three, yes. There was a whole lot of things that were closed, but it never, never saw fruition, and it's a real shame. Yeah. But yeah, as far as uh, sorry, as far as as far as uh, the old public, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely would not have any of that, any, uh. References to that, to that in uh, the nice public game, and hopefully, maybe I'm just crossing my fingers. You know, I, from what I heard, it will be a part. It'll it'll be stick to being part of the Legends timeline. But what I really want to happen is for it to be its own thing, not affecting canon, but not affecting Legends. So that way, maybe maybe down the line, we can get the nice public three. Because if they're updating this one, they're probably going to update two. Hopefully, that would mm-hmm. be great. And if they update two, maybe we could finally get a three. And I cut, and this is just pure speculation on my point. 
But remember in the trailer for it, in, in, in the teaser, when Bastelor talks about uh, the most powerful Sith of, of the generation, uh, or how can we hope to stop them? This is what she says, right? So who's them? You know, like, um, but yeah, sure, maybe it could be a reference to Revan, but it could also be a reference to uh, the truth. What we know as the truth is. What would have been KOTOR 3, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I kind of hope yeah, I, for that too. So, okay, that uh, would be nice. Yeah. But what, what, what would you, what, how about you guys? What do you, how, I want to know how you feel about it. Uh, you can go first, uh, Bran. How do I feel about the remake and that happening? Yeah, I think that, um, especially since Aspire is doing it, and this is kind of their first foray into like a brand new game. They've only been doing, you know, kind of ports, a lot of LucasArts ports and things like that. So I think that that would make a lot of sense if they said to Aspire, say, you know, you've been, you've made the ports of Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Do a remake for Knights of the Old Republic 1. Do a remake for... Knights of the Old Republic 2, that'll give you some experience in making a game from the ground up and, you know, kind of all of the things that you need to know to do Knights of the Old Republic 3, um, just because they'll have had, you know, kind of their hands in this property for so long. So uh, that's how I kind of hope and maybe kind of see it playing out. Uh, what about you? Uh, any <laughs> Any other thoughts there? For me, like updated graphics, like I think we kind of talked about this in in the KOTOR and cosplay episode, but I'm like, like HD, like costumes for everyone. And it's like, can I customize like people's robes to be like, ooh, let's see what Jolie looks like in, you know, gray Jedi robes or like, Mm -hmm. what would Karth's outfit look like you know in magenta or green you know and like do i get to customize my lightsaber can it be magenta you know um and like just like kind of updated gameplay maybe it could feel a little bit uh more open world uh mm-hmm. and like the updated combat and like i would i'm fine with like tweaking some parts of the story to kind of like update the experience like i think some fans are just like keep it exactly 100 percent the way it is but i'm like it doesn't really have to be just like just have the majority of it uh be like the story of kotor but like i think you'd be missing a lot i think you'd be missing an opportunity to like kind of open the doors and like have more fans be into it if you keep it exactly the same yeah, those those things are probably the the most exciting because you know the other stuff goes without saying. I'm I'm very excited to see what the new updated environments look like uh, because they should look amazing. <laughs> so imagine if there's a photo mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, being able to take pictures and you know seeing you know super high def 4K uh, you know images of uh, you know the tombs and Korriban and you know the jedi enclave and stuff like that that's that stuff's going to be you know hopefully just just breathtaking i mean if you think about how good you know like fallen order looks and uh how good battlefront looked and this is going to have you know you know four years or whatever of development time on top of those so that's gonna be gorgeous um, especially on the ps5 
of course, I'm going to have to save up to get a PS5 now. Or, uh, well, I mean, it is going to be a time release, so I could go get it for the Xbox if I wanted to. I don't have either system right now, to be honest. But, um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a... It's definitely going to be an amazing experience. Imagine going down to uh, Kashyyyk in the Shadowlands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. I don't even know why you didn't consider Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk is amazing too. No, okay. But I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why we only let you pick one because there's still yeah, no good ones. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. So, Great. yeah. But it, yeah, I'm just excited like for the f- fandom, like KOTOR fandom, to kind of be revitalized. Like, I mean, it's always been here. But I'm excited mm-hmm. to see more fan art. I'm excited to see more edits, you know, like playlists, you know. Uh, oh, the, fan art, the fan art can be, what, the, the, the stuff that the fans do can be utterly amazing. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And it would be cool to see more fiction, more YouTube essays, uh, mm-hmm. maybe even some competing podcasts that outdo us in every way possible. That would be fun. Um, yeah, is, the sky's like, the there's limit. Not that many, there's not that many cultural oriented, uh, well, media, I should say, at all. Like, I mean, I, like, I was about telling Brian earlier, you know, about, uh, I was telling Brian earlier about a, uh, uh, shit posting group on Facebook, uh, called, uh, Culture Pizak Posting. And, uh, like it's got twenty three thousand members, but even so, it's still a very niche community, you know. Uh, yeah. Culture, and uh, it's not like oh well, here everybody everybody knows about it. No, not everybody knows about it. And unfortunately, especially on Twitter, it's gotten some bad press. You know, because we do have some gate. Well, not recently, I should say, but before that, before the announcement, we had some people. Uh, uh I think one guy said. One gatekeeper was saying that you're not a true Solid fan if you don't know who Revan is, right? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. as Twitter does, they kind of blew it out of proportion. And they're like, oh, well, you know, all this, all that. And then people were kind of hating on Revan as a character and other things as a result. And, it's, yeah, it's not exactly the best press for of our, our particular side of the fandom at all. But yeah. I think it's important to it's important to do better. It's important to you know you're gonna have you're gonna have new people new people coming in like hey you know I want to play this game right and so I think it's important to kind of guide them like hey yeah you know you know this is an awesome game we'll show you the ropes you know it's important to be a very good representative of not just the, the, our little slice of the fandom but as a Star Wars. Uh, be as a good representative of the source community as a whole, too, because Lord knows that um, the fandom has a bad reputation these days. Now, it, yeah. You know, especially these days. Now, you know, there have been fans, obviously, always been bad fans, because you have bad people, you know? Yeah. Uh, but especially nowadays where the voices can be amplified because of the internet, anybody can have a voice, anybody can. Uh, so it's more. It's important to put more positivity out there. 
Yeah. I mean, Twitter's kind of a hell site, which is why I'm like, <laughs> I think we have a Twitter profile for the podcast, but I'm never going to check it because I hate Twitter so much. So <laughs> we, we so do. So thank you, yeah. Brian, for running that, you know, like <laughs> that's right. plugging it, us, you know. I gave that's it right. the biggest endorsement I ever could, uh, uh, but. That's right. Yeah. So everyone go check us out on Twitter. It's at Old Republic Pod. Yeah. Uh, so. and, uh, and you can you can connect with us on there. Yeah, I mean, maybe Brian is just lying to me and it's not there because he knows I will never check it. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, Twitter, Twitter and, and the world can can be complex. I feel like it's good just to be a good person and a good Star Wars fan and like not gatekeep. But uh, things can be taken out of proportion and sometimes we screw up. But I think mm-hmm. we kind of just have to relearn how to. Uh, believe in growth and believe that people can become better uh, let people evolve like you don't need to take one thing out of context look at like uh, kind of the whole picture the whole person's character and patterns uh, yeah, I agree. reclaim nuance and introspection but it's mm-hmm. funny it, it is funny because like uh, sometimes I get gate kept I don't know if that's the proper, you know, word, but like some people are like, yeah. And it's like, um, I love Knights of the Old Republic probably way too much, you know? And it's like, sometimes people like quiz me on it and like, uh, like I might not know like what kind of blasters, you know, the Sith troopers have, but like, I don't think you can... We're almost like up to a hundred episodes, you know. So it's like I don't think you can say like I don't like so the Knights of the Old Republic, you know. So that kind of that, that stuff right there—that's just childish. Like, oh well, you know, what kind of no, that's just you know. And you know, so I really thought if if you know that happened to you, you always know, thought about that. But that's just stupid. That's just really stupid. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> is for everyone darth revan is for everyone uh and you can love the the classic game and like look Mm -hmm. forward to the new game like we don't need gatekeeping you know like uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean what like uh i should say female fans get a lot of gatekeeping uh done against them i should say yeah, uh, not a, not a not a big fan of that. You know, like if you say you're a fan, then hey, you're a fan. You know, if you say you like if if, if you're, you know, like, like I should say, um, you know, like I said, you've got like I said, you've got a hundred nearing a hundred episodes of a podcast about a very niche thing. You're a fan. I mean, come on, you know, huh? yeah. And you'll be a fan. <laughs> hey, I play the game. You know, huh? So you're just as much of a fan. I think that should be. That should be respected, you know. And but unfortunately, you're going to have a lot of uh, uh, you're going to have a lot of idiots out there, unfortunately. And, yeah, uh, it's just very unfortunate. But yeah, just whatever you do, don't, just don't let that discourage you. And I'm pretty sure you're not the type to be discouraged by fan opinions or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, you just have to pay attention uh, yeah. to cultivate and amplify the the positive sides of the fandom and there will always be kind of like those people like kind of nitpicking or kind of being trollish but 
you don't have to uh, engage with that, and you just move forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. It's been it's been fun, uh, Vasily. Um, where can everyone find you? Well, I actually have a group. It's called uh, Star Wars: Just Tandem of the Force. I will give you a link uh, to the group later on. And again, that's Star Wars: Dispute Tandem of the Force. Uh, yes, that's the Latin name. It basically means disputes, and it's a very ironic name because there's little, little to no dispute in here at all. Uh, it's, a bit, it's more oriented for, you know, veteran uh, Star Wars fans, you know, people who've been in the fandom for a while. And I try to, like, me and my fellow admins do the best to, you know, do our best to uh, ensure that there's no toxicity in there. Now, granted, yes, all of us have our different opinions about um, the stuff like the sequel trilogy, but all about positivity. And, of course, we do have a... Like I said, so we, we'll share stuff from the from the new canon, of course, but, we'll, you know, it's a primary focus on uh, the EU as well. But it's a little bit... I could say it's a healthy balance. It's a healthy balance of topics and discussions in there uh i think right now we are at 268 members since i started last january okay uh, yeah uh, and of course like I, said, I couldn't do it without uh some of my admins like uh you know trip a guy named trevor a guy named mason a guy named chris raul uh camden they're all um uh, been helping me out you know and they do a really, really great job, you know. So I can't, could I wouldn't, couldn't be where I am without them. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's all I have really as far as I'm on shout outs and how to contact me and stuff like that. Uh, of course, if you ever wanted to, you know, I'm available on Facebook as well under the same name or my Instagram, uh, you know. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and, and kind of telling us about like more about like kind of the Wikipedia side of of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always just fun to talk to KOTOR fans because uh, yeah. we're all kind of looking at this elephant, you know, kind of like in in, in different ways. So and sometimes mm-hmm. we, we have like similar opinions, sometimes they're different. So that's always fun. The world would be the world would be boring if we had the same opinion. But uh, no, but thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Um, there is one other. There is one other person I would like to uh, that I would like to shout out. Uh, and you could probably interview him too. Uh, he's the guy who runs the Wikipedia uh, account on Instagram, Robert Pierce. Okay. He's a, okay. He's a, he's an administrator on Wikipedia. Goes by Master Frederick. Okay. But yes, uh, I'm, I'm not, and he also works for Disney as well, you know, really stand-up guy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, have to keep our eye out for all of them. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us today and talking, yeah, talking Wikipedia and talking KOTOR. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for having me anytime. Yeah. May the force be with you.
May the force be with you too as well. Thank you. Public Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Older Public Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Older Public Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>